right, what's up, John? What's up? Thanks for having me back. Thanks for letting me be on your Will's Wild and Wacky podcast with, with Sean. Sean. Yeah, no problem. First episode I hear was a success? Um, no, no, actually it was the opposite. Oh, I've no. had about, let's see, we had like four listens and I've had five critiques, so something's not adding up. Eight, eight listens. Oh, wait, no, my phone says zero. Oh, wait, negative? How does it get into negative? Are we getting canceled? Nah. Canceled like your boy. Whoa, no. Here we go. Here we go. Well, I was thinking about it. Oh, that's a good question for Coach Wilkerson when he comes. Neil Young or Joe Rogan? (laughs) I know where I'm going. And I was thinking about it last night when we were talking about stuff for the podcast. Neil Young's not on Spotify anymore, but there's YouTube, duh. So. Yeah, but then you have to have the app open to listen. Spotify, you can shut your phone off and it'll still. Yeah, that is lame. But who needs them when you have Joe Rogan? Maybe Neil Young will go on Joe Rogan. You know, Joe Rogan would probably love that. He said he was a fan. Well, who isn't, dude? Neil Young rules. Anyway. Literally, like, one of the best musicians of all time. He could do it all. Moving, I mean, moving, genres. Moving it, forward. I don't want to. We have a big guest on for you guys today. New football coach of Eastern Illinois, head coach. Chris Wilkerson will be here in studio with us. You just sound like a robot there. What are you New coach, head coach. Coach Wilkerson will be with us in the studio today. Yeah, well, who got him for the podcast, hmm? Probably... Well, I guess he did, yeah. Yeah, Sean, uh, Sean went out on a limb. He was uh, starstruck, and in a moment of panic, <laughs> he said, Coach Wilkerson, can you be on my podcast? I'll pay you, I promise. Pay, yeah, that guy. He needs money, especially your little lunch allowance. Hey. But you yeah, have, so we're excited for that. Yeah, so he should be here any minute. So um, Got some stuff to go over first, though. Should I uh, tell the people what's happening on campus? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we've got some stuff coming up here on campus. Um, this is next week, week of what, February 6th? Something like that. Get involved with the EIU student government. Student Senate appointment applications are available now. Create effective change for EIU students. Vote on RSO creations, tuition, fees, increases, yeah. and more. Build your leadership skills. I'm sure that's enough. That's happening. Um, in the so student, wait, what is that? What, what are they doing? They're recruiting student senators or student? Yeah, senate student senate applications are available. Interesting. So you think you can just like fill out a job application, and they'll be like, um, actually, we don't, we don't uh, think you'd be a good fit here, Sean, because anybody who works at Chick Fil A is obviously not a fan <laughs> of a diverse student body. Well, I think, um, I don't know who's doing the hiring, like who's, a, who's like judging the people on whatever, but it might be uh, Peyton, one of my roommates, so. Oh, shout out. Shout out. <laughs> also happening, Chasing the Castle, 
Chase Dude, he, I'm sorry. So Sean has a concussion. He's yeah. going to keep saying that all day today. Um, <laughs> I don't think you have a medical uh, degree, right? Like you're not a doctor or anything? No. You are clairvoyant though, right? Yeah. Okay. And a flying trapeze artist. Yeah. So apparently Sean was playing basketball last night, got elbowed to the face, and now he's got a concussion. Yeah. I haven't, I, I can't like. Yeah, see, exactly. <laughs> I haven't been able to put a sentence together <laughs> since And I'm letting night. you read all the stuff. What was I talking about on the phone yesterday where you were like, that's not what I've been talking about this whole time? You remember that? Well, you're asking the wrong guy because I didn't listen to anything you said. Nah. Anyway, Chasing the Castle Virtual Marathon, February 13th through March 11th. Join for a virtual fitness challenge. This challenge is for all EIU students, staff, and faculty to cover one mile a day in any run, walk, or cycle. Each mile you log will enter you into a drawing for a $100 gift card. See, now I can get down with that. Being a avid cyclist, enthusiast, bike rider, ride my bike to class every single day, snow, blizzards, tsunami, hurricane, tidal wave, what else? Sandstorm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Locusts. Tornado. So, um, yeah, you better start. So I can log in stuff and I can get a hundred bucks, hundred dollar gift card. Yeah. What's a gift card to you? doesn't say hmm. maybe to the bookstore either way. So you just log it in on like a website or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a, you can find posters around campus for it. There's a QR code you can scan to register. Uh, do you ever get nervous with those QR codes? No. Cause taking pictures on the, of the board earlier, it was opening them on my phone. That's I, messed up. You could just. Because I've made QR codes for stuff before, and I would put them up wherever, but then I'm like, nobody's going to go to a stranger's QR code because it could be a virus. It could be like, true. could hack into the mainframe and then take all your bank accounts and invest them all into that um, Peloton cycle thing that's going like bankrupt right now. Well, that's the risk you take for the $100 gift card. Oh, I think that's Coach Wilkinson right there. You want to get him? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, it's been quite the whirlwind, that's for sure. I bet. Yeah. Um, when did you officially get into Charleston or become head coach of? So uh, last week, you know, I think it was Monday night that um, you know we were. I was offered the position, and then um, Tuesday I had to make sure we wait to get the paperwork and everything get approved, and certainly got that. And and um, you know, hey do some things up north and, and tell my previous team goodbye that evening. And hey, Wednesday morning last week, I was down here and I had a chance to meet the, the players, 
very briefly, but had a chance to meet them in person. Certainly let them know um, that I'll be here and, and um, am here for them. And then um, Thursday, had a chance to meet with the staff. Wednesday, Thursday, meet with the staff and, and certainly quite a few players. And then Friday was the press conference. So we had recruits on campus Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> um, I had to zip up real quick back to Chicago just to turn in some uh, last few things uh, Monday, but um, certainly have settled back in. The snow has made things interesting, but it's been quite the whirlwind, but super, super excited. Yeah, yeah. nice. And we're excited to have you here. Of course. Um, appreciate your time, too. I know you're probably the busiest guy in the world right now, so we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's just part of it. It's all good. For those who don't know, there is, and everybody knows, but they don't know when we're doing this, there's a literal blizzard outside with winds at about, what, 80 miles an hour yeah, and some... ice crystals that cut your pupils open. <laughs> we it's... don't even have class today, but we still found the time to sneak into the building, so. Absolutely. No, yeah, find a way, right? All right. So it's a little treacherous getting around in Charleston right now, but they'll get us dug out here pretty soon, and it's going to be done this evening. Yeah. All right. So before I forget this, because I've got a concussion right now, no big deal. But before I forget this, so you mentioned the, um, the hiring process. So how did that come about? Did you reach out to Eastern when you saw the opening or did they come to you? Um, you know, th so this all happened really, really quickly. Um, I was at the coaches convention and ironically was spending some time with some Eastern Illinois guys. Um, Tom Hess is a guy that played wide receiver with me for a year and then my first year coaching in 95, he was a senior on that team. Um, bumped into him in San Antonio, was trying to help him get his foot in the door here at Eastern. Uh, he was here talking, he was at, in San Antonio talking with Joe Davis, the new offensive coordinator about possibly transitioning from being the head high school coach at Rantoul to potentially the wide receivers coach at Eastern Illinois. And anyway, you know, Joe was doing what coaches do at that point in time. They were interviewing people, trying to fill out the rest of the offensive staff. And then, um, you know, it was Monday night of that week, I think, uh, or, or Tuesday of that week that all of a sudden it was announced that Adam was gonna leave and uh, go to Duke. and. And so all of a sudden the head coaching job was open. So it didn't take very long. Once I got back to Chicago on Tuesday, I certainly had reached out to some people that I know um, that I stay in contact with over the years about um, the process and, and making sure that those that were gonna be running the process knew that I was very, very interested in the position. And so again, one thing led to another. I certainly had some conversations with a lot of people, um, you know, the associate administration, the search committee, um, the director of athletics, Tom Michaels, um, certainly Tony Romo is involved in this process pretty heavily um, and a number of other people that, um, you know, have a tremendous passion for Eastern. So there was a lot of people involved, um, but, you know, yeah, you just got to go through the process. And I told them all, I knew that I wanted to be the head coach and I've known that for a long time. And I knew that um, I was prepared and I had hoped that I was the right fit for them at this moment. But my primary focus was on making sure we were doing what was best for the program because here it's always been program above self and so um, I'm glad that I was um, given this opportunity I'm grateful I know we have a lot of work to do but I'm super super excited about the future yeah we're excited to have you of course and you say Tony Roma was involved how involved was he and when can we get him on this podcast are you going to make that happen <laughs> oh, for us oh boy that's a good one I'll have to check with Tony uh no but he was he was certainly involved I think in help you know um, vetting some people and talking a little bit of football, X and O's, and, and certainly passion and what guys have, have done and where they've been. 
Um, he's just been very engaged in this process. Um, you know, he's very passionate about Eastern. It's a place that laid a foundation for him as it has for so many others. Um, but I think he just wanted to make sure that, that we did the right thing again by the program right now. And so, hey, I was happy to talk to him and ironically his, uh, his right-hand guy, his, his center while he was in college, Scott Scholl, uh, they, they put me through the ringer pretty good now. <laughs> you know, they're like, hey, I know when you were here, you were doing this and I followed your career, but talk to me about this, talk to me about that. And hey, we even got into Tony said, all right, let's, let's talk a little more specifically about offense. Let's talk short yardage football. Um, it was it was really good. It was surreal, um, but it was a lot of fun. And I know Tony, again, he wants what's best for the program. And I'm just so happy he was engaged in the process and, and happy to be given this opportunity. Well, that's awesome. And we could sit and talk about football all day, but I know we'd bore Will to death here. Well, no, no, it's all good. I'm, uh, you know, yeah, I love football. So let's just put it like that. <laughs> do you think this, Coach, do you think this whirlwind that you say happens, do you think that's like you wake up and you're like, wow, that's, that's all over and here I am. Do you think that like helped like push you into this role or um, would you rather it maybe have been a more lengthy process or is there, or is there opinion either way? No, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. You, you prepare for these opportunities um, every single day of your career and you know, 27 years for me coaching at the college level. And I told people from the very first time I stepped on the sidelines as a coach in O'Brien stadium in 1995, that fall after having graduated, I knew that I wanted to be the head coach at Eastern Illinois University at some point during my career. So um, the fact that, you know, hey, I, I um, was interested, certainly when they hired, um, you know, um, Coach Dameron, and I was certainly interested when they hired uh, Coach Cushing, but things happen for a reason. And I think that the timing was just right. Yeah. The preparation level was just right. And I am super excited about the foundation that's been laid here. I know we've got some work to do again, but I'm very, very, very excited about the future. So did that hope to someday be the head coach here start while you played here or while you were coaching here? You know, it actually started while I started coaching here. So uh, as a player, uh, my goal when I came to Eastern was to teach and coach, but I always thought it would be at the high school level. And when I got close to graduation, I was done with my senior fall. Coach Spoo had asked me about, have you thought about coaching college football? And no, coach, I'm getting married in May. My wife played softball here and um, I'm finishing my student teaching over at Mattoon Junior High School. And um, I'd already passed the Illinois examination. I had reciprocity in the state of Indiana for a year or two. And he said, well, why don't you come over here after teaching and help us this spring? I think you'd have a bright future as a college football coach. And so I did. I helped him during the spring. And then he offered me a position on the staff the fall of 95. And um, one thing led to another. And I haven't, co haven't done anything other than coach college football. But that very, very first fall, um, you know, being on the sidelines in a different capacity, Student athlete was amazing, and, and I had relationships and memories um, all around campus and certainly at the stadium um, at, during my playing career. But the next seven years being on, on the staff was just a whole other um, layer and, and being able to see guys in different light and behind the scenes and everything that went into it um, and understanding the passion that they had for helping people be the best they could be. And, and I think that's part of the reason it was such a good match for me is I just – the game has been really good to my family and myself, and people have um, impacted, enriched, and transformed my lives through coaching. So I want an opportunity to give back and and you know uh, treat others like I was treated and, and try to impact, enrich, um, and enlighten their lives. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but 32 years ago was it <laughs> yesterday? That's right. Yeah, that uh, you Thir chose Eastern. 32 years ago yesterday. Wow. Uh, that Wednesday. It's always the first Wednesday in February, but that Wednesday certainly w I made a decision that. Uh, absolutely changed my life forever. That's when I signed my national letter of intent to attend Eastern Illinois University. 
Um, it's a decision that I am forever grateful for. Uh, again, not just the, the institution and the football program, but the people in Charleston and Coles County, um, the relationships that we built here. My wife was here for 11 years. I was here for 12. Um, and some of the people that are still around. I mean, it's just amazing to see those people and, and know the impact that they had on our lives. So did you grow up in Illinois? No, I'm actually from Indianapolis. So okay. uh, I uh, grew up on the east side of Indianapolis and my mom moved to the northeast side um, when I was in high school. But um, Indy was a great town, but this place was just the perfect fit for me when I was going through the recruiting process. Far enough away from home to feel like I was away, away. Um, but at the same time, I was close enough that if I wanted to zip home and do laundry or get a meal, I probably could. Obviously, we didn't get away that much. Um, you know, once you got involved in, in the football part of the training, it, it pretty much never ends. But um, no, it was it was just an amazing um, opportunity and choice for me and, and something, like I said, that changed my life forever. So. I'm sorry, Coach. Did you say you did your own laundry when you played football here? <laughs> Not the football laundry. The guys in the equipment room took good care of us that way. But, oh, yeah. Oh, in the dorms. And, shoot, I was in Thomas as a freshman in our first year. And then I was in Douglas as a second year. And then I lived off campus in the football house my third year. And then I lived in some uh, park place here on campus, off-campus apartments. And then I lived in a house on 12th Street my senior year. So uh, it's it's – surreal driving by some of these places you know you drive the church i got married in is right around the corner here and uh it's just it's been an awesome experience it's like well it's going to make a great movie someday yeah yeah <laughs> it's all coming together isn't it what was your what was your major in um so i majored in education uh like i said i wanted to teach and coach um and so i got my teacher certificate in in pe uh, k through 12 and then i had a social sci uh, science endorsement because i picked oh. up a minor in sociology so you're all set for this then oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> so you have three kids correct Three kids, girl, boy, girl. My oldest is a first uh, first year at that other school in Bloomington Normal. Okay, uh, okay. She's playing softball there. And then uh, my son is a junior at the high school, at Lincoln Way Central High School. Plays a little football. And then my youngest is a, a first year at the high school um, and is a volleyballer. So we've got our hands full, but uh, they've been super supportive, super exciting, uh, super excited. It was, it was great to have them down here for the press conference on Friday and um, I think they got a kick out of seeing some of the old videos yeah. you know, from when I was playing and, and even during the early coaching days. But yeah. we, we, uh, I work for WEIU, and um, we have a, a daily live newscast. Yeah, pretty much the only one in the state. Um, but we had this great clip of you, like, running off the field after a tackle, <laughs> and it was, I mean, it kind of set the mood. Everybody was, like, pretty stoked to see it, and it was very, it was great. So anyway. Uh, you're, yeah, we should get more of those clips of you, I think. Yeah, for sure. There. Yeah. And but, I think some of the guys found, uh, you know, one of the team pictures or one of the photos with the flat top haircut uh, <laughs> going back to 94. Yeah. Uh, times were a little bit different, but uh, interesting to look back on it. Yeah. For sure. I was going to ask, so your kids are, uh, I'm assuming, coaching at University of Chicago, used to Chicago, living there. How do how are they going to transition here to Chucktown? As, oh yeah, as I did. No, they're 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 super excited. Um, you know, again, we lived in the in the southwest suburbs, so we lived in Mokina, um, so I was commuting in and out to the the city. Um, but I but I know they're very very excited. The kids grew up in New Hampshire. We were in very very rural New Hampshire because um, I had gone to Chicago from Dartmouth College. So the oldest two were born in California in the Bay Area while I was at San Jose State. But we moved when they were 20, 20 21 months old and three months old to New Hampshire. Um, and then the youngest was born in New Hampshire. And so we were there for, you know, eight and a half, nine years. Um, and so I think it'll be very similar to the time that we spent in New Hampshire. Just a little smaller community. Everybody knows everybody. It's great. Um, and I think they're really looking forward to that. So, Coach, did you say New Hampshire? I did. You know, I have family 
all throughout New England. And have you ever heard of Amherst, New Hampshire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there it is, folks. We're probably related, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, talk about, well, New Hampshire rules, number one. And that's about all I got to say. But we were talking last week. I'm a big Red Sox fan because my parents are both from there. Uh, where do you lie in that um, baseball arena? So if it's Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox for sure. Um, we've kind of gone with the flow. Having grown up in Indy, I grew up a Cubs fan. WGN yeah, was all you go. could see all summer, so I was a Cubby fan, I know. Working on the south side of Chicago, I kind of became a White Sox fan. While we were in the Bay Area, I really followed the San Francisco Giants. Love going to Pac Bell, I guess it was called then. Um, and, but our time in New England, kind of the Red Sox. So it's kind of where we go geographically yeah. here. This is a big cardinal nation now, so... Uh, don't make me vomit. Um, I, I'll have to, you know, kind of figure things out, let my kids get settled in. But I would guess the more time we spent here when I was a, when I was a player and a coach um, the first time around, it was... We were pretty much Cardinal fans. So. Wowzer. Hey, well, don't let that Southside uh, version of yourself escape you, all right? I know. Support yeah. the White Sox. If no one else will, I will. I all know. Right? Sean and I are both Chicago boys, so we were, like, thinking of Chicago-related stuff. But um, there is a line that gets drawn between the White Sox and the Cubs that can be a very, I don't know, touchy issue, I guess, for some people. But myself, I was a fan of both, and I, and I am. But Sean, he can't quite see See no. that way. So anyway, I do support the Yankees though too. Wow, yeah, which is horrible. <laughs> it's like, what? Who is this guy? White Sox and Yankees. Yeah. Okay. What up? Uh, is the uh, who? What was the uh, game in Iowa this year? The Field of Dreams. It was White Sox Yankees, wasn't it? Yeah. That was like one of the best games ever. It was. Granderson hit the walk off. off. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Walk off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, you think you can get free tickets for that this year? Oh boy. You got you, my defensive coordinator at Chicago. He's from Iowa. And he was so ready for that game. But it lived up to the hype. It was one of it, the best baseball oh games God. I have seen in years. It really was. I think it was awesome. So besides football, in your uh, personal life, what, uh, what kind of stuff do you like doing for fun? Oh, boy. So um, I do a lot of reading. Um, certainly, I like to travel when we have some time. But, um, you know, th th to be honest with you, our focus has really been just on the kids um, you know, I used to play golf, but when, when we had kids, I really haven't picked up the clubs very often, you know, maybe yeah. once every two or three years. Everything kind of centers around our children. Right. So it's just, it had been for my oldest, Bella, running around with um, travel softball and, and going all over the country. Um, my son, certainly with baseball, um, at some point going all over the place and now the volleyball scene. Our, our favorite thing to do as a family when we happen to go to these tournaments uh, for the kids is we stop and we look at different colleges and universities. Or even if we go on vacation, we happen to see, well, how close are we to this place or how close are we to that place and just go check out different campuses. So uh, it's, it's a little different, but uh, that's pretty much what we've done. It's been focused on the kids and then, you know, traveling and looking at different places around the country. But that could be fun, right? I mean, like, I hang out with this kid all the time. So. <laughs> it's a blast. Yeah. It's a blast. I keep him young. I keep, I keep him young. He's not, he's not my kid, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever coach your kids? In any, like, other sport? Oh, no. No? No, no, no. My wife did um, coach our oldest in softball for one year when she was six or seven. You know, she's just getting into it, and that was it. She said, yeah. let me get my lawn chair, let me get yeah. my uh, scorebook, and I will drive around and, and be part of it. But, yeah, I think the kids have always um, taken to coaching from others more than they have from mommy and or daddy. So, hey, relate. if they come to us— we're more than happy to provide some information for them, but don't want to push that on them, that's for sure. <laughs> so besides football, what is your favorite sport to watch? Because we met at the Eastern basketball game, got the big win. 
Because of you? Because uh, of you, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what, uh, what other sports do you enjoy watching? I, I do enjoy watching baseball, um, especially playoff baseball. Um, it's, it's just super, super exciting. Every pitch, you know, you're kind of hanging on things, especially when you got a best interest in one of the teams. Um, but NBA basketball is the other thing, especially in the playoffs, uh, that I really, really, really enjoy watching. Um, so those two would probably be the ones that, for me. I'm with you on the baseball. I don't know about NBA basketball. Um, my brother asked asked me last year if I like playoff basketball. I said, I don't even think the people playing it like the playoff basketball. <laughs> Is that true, Sean or Coach? Um, they Do they actually try? They definitely like the money they're making. The game, I mean, yeah, of course. It is like exciting it. to watch. I will give you that. So you got to remember, again, I'm from Indy, so I love the Pacers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really hard for me, especially, you know, I grew up during the Jordan years. And I was here during the Jordan years. Yeah. Um, and so this, the whole state was just so enamored with the Bulls. Right. And, um, and certainly Michael Jordan. But, man, those were some good times. The old Chicago Stadium used to be rocking. Even the UC after um, he came back. Yeah. You know, but it just big playoff basketball guy. So is Jordan the GOAT? For me, yes, he is. Yeah, um, there you go. There I, you I go. get, you know, generationally, you know, LeBron maybe. Um, there's some other guys that certainly are in that conversation. But in my opinion, he's the all-time competitor um, in any sport. Um, you know, and I think Tom Brady is one of the most accomplished athletes in all of team sports. But I'll tell you what, Michael Jordan um, was an assassin. Yeah. I mean, he just um, had a competitive edge that not many others have. Kobe also similar cut from the same cloth um and i I can see the discussion is valid you know the opinions are valid on on a lot of those guys but i'll tell you what he was just he was something else i agree yeah so before we get more in depth into sports sean don't you have a concussion should you be talking right now (laughs) i think it's trivia it is pretty entertaining that's why i'm letting you go for it you think it's trivia oh trivia it might be trivia time so coach if you don't mind we're we got these little trivia questions that we're, we're doing for people on our show. Sounds good. And uh, I started off with, like, Chicago-themed questions, but I don't know. We'll just, we'll just see. No, it's all right. And it's ten, it's 10 questions, but I actually only have six here, so I don't know. And then Sean's going to give you a score at the end. All right. <laughs> all right, so favorite pizza. Oh, wow. Do your dine? No, you get two choices. <laughs> and then we'll we'll throw in a Which wild card. Which is yeah, Giordano's or Lou? Lou yes. Yes. Oh, there it is. oh boy, that's the that is the the age old question. Yeah. So um, I prefer Lou Malnati's. Um, that's the point. So I that would have to be my choice. Plus right. one, there. You're, yep. you're starting off hot. You're, you are now the all time winner of trivia <laughs> on this show. Um, so do you know which CTA line is longer, the red or the blue? Wow, I would say the blue. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Two for two. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> What month is the Chicago Marathon? Oh, man. September? Or is it October? Well, you, one or the yeah, other. One or the other. Uh, I'm going to go with October. Ding, ding, ding. All right. <laughs> I know it's during the season. I know it's during the season yeah. for us. Because typically we've got to worry about some traffic and then our visiting oh, teams have trouble finding hotels. <laughs> You're like, because I'd be locking it down if I wasn't having to coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, three for three. Here we go. Concussion boys getting all excited over here. All right. So best Chicago movie. Ferris Bueller or any John Hughes movie? Wow. Oh, man. I love Breakfast Club, and that's my vintage. But Ferris Bueller, man, Abe Froman, the sausage <laughs> king of Chicago. I have to go with Ferris Bueller's. Well, I'll give it to him. Four actually, four. I think that was a trick question because I think uh, John Hughes wrote that or something. Did he? He might have actually directed it. So Okay. He's going to get the point either way. But, yes, Coach, Ferris Bueller rules. And actually, that house where he drives the car off the ravine is 
the neighborhood where my wife is from, and it is like still there. And I don't think anybody's living in it, Sean. If you're interested, so me, Coach Wilk, that's oh, all you. Yeah, no, no, that's great. Yeah, did the school supply you with a helicopter? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, White Sox or Cubs? Well, we already established that. It's yeah, Cubs, we didn't. 100%. Though. We didn't, Cubs, we didn't establish. No, when no. I was a kid, it was the Cubbies. I was with the, the summer of the Killer D's: Jody Davis, Sean Dunstan, um, the Hawk. But now I would say the Sox. Um, yeah. Since I've come back to Chicago, certainly being on the South Side, even our women's soccer coach at Chicago, yeah. um, her husband um, works for the White Sox organization. So we became very, very diehard White Sox fans. Yeah. Well, you've gotten every question right so far. I'm giving him plus three. <laughs> yeah, and you know, too. Sean. Well, we need four more, and we don't have them. So well, that's know. plus four. Then you get you went Boom. ten for ten. Ten for ten. There you go. The first ever ten for ten. <laughs> well, you're going to remain undefeated. Then that's how it works. Are there ties in college football, by the way? No, no more ties. No. How's that work? Oh yeah, it's back and forth, right? Yeah. The okay. old overtime rules, and they've evolved again. So now it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, you, you get each team gets the possession, and you can. If you kick a field goal, the other team can do what they want to do. But uh, basically, you got to start going for two the next overtime, and then uh, it's just nothing but two-point plays. Oh, wow. So they're trying to limit the number of snaps. You know, it's a student-athlete safety thing, and probably smart that they did so. Yeah. But the first one was uh, last fall was the Illinois-Penn State game, and it went, um, I think, nine, nine. overtimes. Yeah, I do remember mistaken. that story. Yep, definitely. So it's, <laughs> I think it wasn't exactly how they hoped exactly. it would work yeah. out, but <laughs> they played a whole other game. It did settle in after that. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the season, most of them were decided pretty quickly. Wasn't there just some controversy with the overtime NFL? For thing? NFL, yeah, because uh, in overtime, if you get the ball first, you score a touchdown, you win. Look at the draw. There's no, yeah. yeah. What's your philosophy on the coin toss? You a kick or receive kind of guy? Oh, it depends on the team. Um, you know, if you're talking about the beginning of a game, typically I'd be a defer to the second half guy. Um, you know, certainly if, if you do a good job covering the kick and you pin your offense, uh, pin your opposing offense down there and you get a three and out while your offense gets the ball in the short field, hey, you manage the clock at the end of the first half to steal an extra possession and then you know you get the first possession of the second half. Um, that's the, typically the idea behind it. But, um, you know, I've been places where hey, we felt like we wanted to put the offense out there right away and, and kind of set the tone for the day and have taken the football. But normally, all things being equal, I'm a defer guy. Okay, yeah. That's the but you like to remain fluid. I mean, that's important, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. you got to be able to evolve or adjust. You know, if you get out there and all of a sudden it's just a super, super, super windy day, uh, you may say, hey, um, we're going to um, defer. They're going to take the ball, and now you know you can kick them in a certain direction and make them go into the wind. Right, yeah. Um, or you may choose just an end of the field to play on, so there's a direction. I mean, there's just so many different things that go into it, but normally it's a defer. So I think a lot of a lot of uh, people who don't um, maybe appreciate sports as much as others don't really see the creative side to it. So I think that's like important to because once you realize that it is like a chess match, um, you're not just working off a preset. Uh, set of options that you went over in practice but you know there's a lot on the go everything's probably on the go i don't know absolutely yeah. you got to be able to monitor and adjust during the course of a game um, even your you know your play calls well certainly you have situational stuff and field zones and ahead or behind and all the analytics that goes into it but at the same time you know depending on the weather or depending on the direction and depending on um, the score of the game the, just the ebb and flow of it you have to be able to make some adjustments. Maybe they come out and do something a little bit differently. You got to be able to make some in-game adjustments very quickly and you know, give your guys a chance to have success. But the ultimate, um, the fundamentals don't change. You know, it's still blocking and tackling and throwing and catching and running. Um, but at the same time, um, 
for us, we want to make our job to give to do what the players do well and to get the ball into the guys' hands that can make some plays. So I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, you know, so we're, we're going to attack on offense and defense and special teams, but at the same time, it's about just, hey, evolving the schemes and having the flexibility within your schemes to, to do what the players do well. So how often into a game can you tell if the game plan you had coming in oh. is kind of, you know, working or not, or it's time to switch it up? Uh, usually it takes you about a quarter, um, and you'll have a pretty good idea if there's some drastic changes. Um, and then you might need to make some major in-game adjustments. Every game, there's going to be in-game adjustments. It just depends on how drastic they need to be. Right. Um, you know, you hope that you've done your homework during the week and that the guys are prepared as they can be and that they come out there and they're playing with great effort. Um, and certainly every week, it does take just a little bit of luck. You know, you got to stay healthy. There's those four or five what they would consider gap plays, game-altering plays. And um, we know, hey, we're going to stress the importance of being efficient on first down and second down and third down and all the situational things that we need to do. Um, but... Every once in a while, it just comes down to three or four game-altering plays and, hey, being able to make those critical plays in those 50-50 moments. I'm pretty sure the team last season had about 20 game-altering plays happen every game. So, <laughs> oh, but now we got Coach Wilkerson. Yeah. No offense. No, you guys are great. Um, what's up? You got something? I got something, yeah. So I remember from your uh, press conference, you hit us with a quote that really, that really oh, jumped out with me. It's going to be a group effort, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, right next to each other as we go through this journey. So how does how does a quote like that just, is that something you came up on the fly, you wrote that down? How did you come up Sean's with that? Sean's been thinking like about that? it ever since. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Again, it's, it's a family or, um, operation. So anybody that's gonna be forward facing, whether it's gonna be our athletic training staff, our strength conditioning taf, staff, our academic support staff, our football staff, our athletic administration, or certainly our alumni base, um, that was part of it. I, I knew that um, Dr. Glassman and Tom they had a vision for the athletic department and certainly the football program. And I did feel like philosophically we were aligned and we know that we have to be a family and we do have to be shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand as we finish this journey. Again, there's a lot of work to do, um, but we are super, super excited about the future, but it's going to be done together. It's going to be a family um, operation and it's going to take everybody. And as long as we're aligned and, and stay together, hey, we know we can get through any bumps in the road, but the foundation will be solid and then we will build that championship program. Yeah, truth. That's kind of what we're going through with uh, basketball right now. First year head coach, kind of building this new era. And uh, were you nervous giving that speech up at the uh, press conference? Well, that's the first time I've had to do a presser as the head coach, that's for sure. When I was hired yeah. at Chicago, I didn't have to worry about doing a press conference. But, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, super easy to be yourself and be authentic and, and certainly talk about a place that you love dearly. Um, you know, it's just, a, like I said, it's a place that's changed my life forever and, and super excited about being back and, and the future here. So, that's awesome. so again, going back to when this opening, um, you know, the head coaching spot came open, were you already kind of thinking in your mind at University of Chicago, maybe I want to move on, or was it just kind of the perfect time for, uh, to, for the perfect place? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. Um, for me, I always, hey, I'm focused on where I'm at. And you are where you want to be where you're at, where your tail is. Um, you know, that's what we're going to talk to our guys. Be where you're at. Um, and so I was just trying to do the best job I could every single day at Chicago to make it as good as I possibly could for the kids and certainly be uh, as impactful as we could possibly be there. So I wasn't really looking for anything. Um, right. And this just kind of happened. And, and sometimes that's the way th these things work. But I've been really fortunate during my career, especially if you're going to be in uh, college coach, you know, you have to be able to pick up and go. And, and sometimes there is those people that will be chasing things all the time and they'll move their family six and seven and eight times. 
um, you know, and I've been really blessed. I was here for the seven years. I wasn't really looking and I had a chance to go. I got an offer to go to California. I had leaned on Coach Spoo at that point in time and said, hey, what do you think? And he's like, well, Wilk, you haven't been anywhere else. You and your wife are married. You don't have any kids. You got to take a chance. You got to learn some different things. So, hey, we picked up and we went. Started our family. That was the one stop. My boss was um, fired after three seasons. And so I had to go through this, you know, as an assistant where a new coach comes in and he wants to bring his own people. So I was unemployed for about a week. Um, but I had met a guy in the mid-90s when I was working here. And uh, he was at U of I at that time named Buddy Tevens, And he had gotten fired at Stanford and wanted to go to Dartmouth and um, went out there. And it was an amazing experience. Again, I was really happy. I wasn't looking for a job. We were there for eight years. And, um, you know, lo and behold, the University of Chicago head coaching job opened. And um, I, I had my eye on that institution and certainly it was closer to the Midwest. So we've been, you know, the Midwest and all the way to the West Coast, all the way to the East Coast and back. Um, and then, like I said, I, was, I wasn't really looking for an opportunity when this thing happened to um, pop. And sure enough, the stars just aligned. So um, yeah, you take the opportunities when they present themselves, if they're the right fit, but this was certainly the right fit for my family and myself. So how's the recruiting going right now? And are uh, any players from University of Chicago coming down here to Eastern for you? No, we uh, we're, we're not we're not poaching kids from U Chicago, but um, the recruiting never ends. So it's the lifeblood of our program. Um, you know, it's something that we're going to be focused on every single day. Whether it's you know finishing up the class of twenty two or starting on the twenty threes and even the twenty fours. Um, talent acquisition is a big part of college football success. So we are going to attract, retain, and develop the best and the brightest kids that we can that want to come to Charleston and be a part of this family. Um, but we feel really good about the class. Certainly the first signing day group had a core nucleus of guys. I'll be on the phone with them this week, um, talking with each of them individually, as I will our, our current players even more, and having a chance to see them more and more in person. Um, but then we were able to add at the very last minute, um, you know, three or four guys that we feel like are tremendous difference makers. Here we go. Here we go. Um, and, and so we're super excited. We've added some length and athleticism um, to our wide receiver core. Um, certainly added some depth on our front, um, some dynamic playmakers and some guys that are going to go hit people, run and hit on defense. Um, and certainly one of the nation's leading punters uh, at the junior college level as, as far as coming into the program. But we feel like we've addressed all the needs that we have right this minute. Now, again, recruiting is evolving with the portal and oh, everything yeah. else, but we, we truly believe that the nucleus, the foundation is going to be still four and five year high school student athletes, um, attracting, retaining and developing them here. But we will certainly go and um, accent the roster if needed for some older, more developed players from the junior colleges and even from the portal in the right situation. Um, but it's going to be evolving and constant and ongoing. But recruiting is absolutely the lifeblood of the program. But very excited about um, yesterday and the signing, the second signing window. I know you're big into recruiting out of junior college. Uh, why is that? And do you think a lot of junior college uh, players and students get overlooked? Well, I think the the portal has um, changed recruiting quite a bit. So I think some of the schools have focused heavily on taking players from four year to four year schools. Um, and so I think the junior colleges right now, to be honest with you, are a little bit under-recruited. Um, and I think for us, it's going to be just like it is with our players. It's going to be about relationships. So we have relationships on our staff and myself for coaches all over the country, whether it's the California junior colleges, the Kansas junior colleges, the Mississippi junior colleges, whether it's different high schools in Colorado or Iowa, um, or certainly, obviously, in the state of Illinois and all of our touch states. But we'll go wherever 
um, to find a player that is going to be a good fit, a good addition to our family and a good addition to our campus and our community here at Eastern. So super excited. Um, but yeah, it's going to be relationship driven. So it's got to go where we trust guys um, and you know that they're going to be good people in addition to being quality student athletes. Well, I've got to give a shout out. You got to start looking at Brother Rice up oh, in Chicago. Get oh some, yeah, get some players out of there. Oh yeah, yeah. It, the Catholic League's been good to us over the years, and and certainly we'll continue to recruit there. And like I said, it. I think the foundation, the nucleus, is still going to be four and five year high school student athletes, and the majority of those would probably be from Illinois and our touch states. Um, but like I said, it's gotten so much easier from a technology standpoint to get outside of your geographic footprint. The information is so readily available. Um, whether it be the video or whether it be the analytics or whether it be the statistics. Um, and kids are just so much uh, more willing to get outside of their geographic footprints now and go away to school for the place that's going to provide them the best opportunity. So I'm sorry, Coach, but is the portal uh, some sort of time traveling machine? <laughs> no, so the NCAA has now given um, you know football their uh, one-time transfer exemption without having to sit out. So anybody that happens to decide they're at whatever uh -huh. school and they want to enter the transfer portal. It doesn't mean they have to leave, but they can certainly kind of dip their toe in the water. It's oh, essentially free agency. Yeah. And so it has really been Pandora's box that's been opened. And I think there's a lot of guys still trying to figure out how they're going to navigate this. Right. And I think the NCAA will eventually step in and tweak some of the rules and regulations. Um, you know, and then and then we'll see kind of where we're at with it. But um, it's something that everybody's trying to figure out right now. Sounds like it. Yeah. So with the... Um with the motto of, you know, family, it's the journey, shoulder to shoulder, is that something you uh, had with you every, through your whole career? Is that something you've brought through everywhere? And, like, is there a certain motto you've always kept through your whole career? So it is certainly going to be very relationship-driven, and it is going to be about family. And for us, that's going to be, hey, forget about me, I love you. Um, they have to understand that in our locker room, it's going to be about love, care, and respect. And the best teams that I've been around at any level here – two championship teams and four teams in the NCAA FCS playoffs in the seven years that I was on staff. Um, the one team in California that was one play away from being in a bowl game, even though we played 13 games and nine on the road. Um, the best teams that we had at Dartmouth College, the championship teams that we had at UChicago, the best teams that I have been around have been very tight-knit groups. Um, they have a genuine like and respect for each other. Um, and you just develop that true brotherhood. Those are the guys that, when things get hot or difficult, really step up and play hard for each other. And I think that's what it's really all about. You try to replicate that every single season, but every year is a unique collection of individuals and coaches and support staff, and you just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and hope that those things align um, on any given year. But that's going to be our goal every single year is to establish that family atmosphere um, and certainly try to play championship caliber football. So if someone said to you, students, faculty, staff, people living in Charleston, Illinois, even other states, you should come next year for the years to come. You should come watch a game at Eastern because... Oh, it's going to be exciting, and we're going to play. Hard. We're going to we're going to play um, um, tough, hard-nosed football. Um, you know, we're going to have a we're going to play with a bit of pride and some toughness, um, but it's going to be exciting. That's for sure. We're going to attack in all three phases, and so hopefully they'll enjoy their time in O'Brien Stadium. Um, I know we're we're super excited about getting back to work this winter in the weight room and in, in the field house, and certainly on the field for spring practice and lay the foundation for fall camp. And then obviously, hey, getting ready to go for that opener up in DeKalb, and then our home opener against Chattanooga here at O'Brien Stadium. Here we go. I'm excited. You excited, Will? I can tell. Con concussion boy. Con concussion. <laughs> Makes me want to. No, play. I am excited, actually. Yeah. I mean, 
Yes, I'm excited. And I, I will be at those games, Coach. Awesome. Hopefully in the Billy the Panther uh, – is he Massive retiring? Is, did, is there a need for a new one or anybody know, know that's sure, on that? I'm sure you can convince your way in there. <laughs> but, yeah, we're coming up on an hour here. It is, like, blizzarding outside, so we don't want to hold you up too long. Can't thank you enough. No, thank you, guys. I certainly appreciate it, the opportunity to – uh, talk and uh, appreciate all you do for Panther Athletics. Yeah. Was this your first podcast you've ever been on? I, I believe this is the second or third that I've ever been on. The I did one, one for the yeah. AFCA, but this is the best one. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Woo. Let's oh, go. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, we got an email. <laughs> oh yeah, email us. Uh, was it Will and Sean? Wacky. Will- oh god. Oh no. Here we go. Here. Sorry. Um, um, <laughs> didn't we already say it in the beginning? Yeah, I but I don't know if I'm gonna edit that out or not. So it is. Drum roll. Wacky Will and Sean podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can remember that. I actually already sent you an email, so. For the questions to ask last. You did? No. Oh, that's what to say. Man, you need to get some rest. How much uh how much sleep did you get last night? Uh, solid six. Really? No. I woke up like early and then I was just thinking about stuff and you know you know how it goes. Thinking about life. Life. Liberty. What, what is time? What's in space? What's in the I, ocean? That's my day thinking though. What's in the ocean? Usually like night thinking is like I wonder what I'm gonna mess up today in uh, class or News or reporting or podcast. New podcasting. I wonder how I'm going to embarrass myself in front of this new coach. <laughs> but Sean, I think we did equal embarrassments for ourselves. So yeah, we did all right. Yeah. Do you think he's going to go back and like tell anyone, like his family or his friends, be like, "Yeah, I was just on this podcast. You should listen." Does he even know who we are? I don't know. Yeah, he wouldn't even know what to call. It. He didn't even <laughs> say the name of the podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's all right. He'll find it somehow. I'm sure he reads the Den Daily online. I'll so. tag him on Twitter. Yeah. Boom. All right, cool. Can we get this edited today and posted? Dude, I'm going to teach you how to edit this, and you're going to do it. It's going to be great. Sweet. All right. Well. A ring of darkness.